there in podcast land. You have set you down once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 197. Holy smokes. Our guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds with Rhino. He, I, I love this dude's nickname, dude. Justin the Fort Sumter. Now, it is so awesome. He is a really fun guy to talk to. What an interesting guy. Jack of all trades. Great fighter. Really, really cool dude. So I can't wait for you guys to check that one out a little later on. So let's go ahead and get our intro and our schedule, which is as follows. We're going to have our main card results from last week's UFC 294. Um, we're going to run over just the main main card from uh, Invicta FC 54, which was in Boston, Massachusetts. We're, going to, of course, going to talk about Fury and Ngannou and the, the incredible boxing match that was. We're going to have picks for the following week's um, UFC, which I think they're calling just UFC Sao Paulo, I believe. I'm not 100% on that. But next week's UFC card. Um, obviously, we're going to have some great questions from the Rhino Gang. And then we're going to have a special segment from APB during the Q&A session about staff. Because, fam, I don't know if you know or not, APB is a legit scientist. Like, not like, uh, you know, like a pretend one online. Like, she's a legitimate scientist in the medical world. So we're going to have her go over staff and what it kind of meant for multiple people to be um, – competing with a staph infection in last week's 294 and then we're going to get into back into the uh, interview with justin sumner ces light heavyweight really really good stuff so without further ado apb let's go ahead and get our swim chunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in so last week's ufc 294 was a very weird card lots of weird <laughs> things happened um again a lot of it was um I really specifically think of the Ankalaev and Johnny Walker fight, but there was a lot of like just crazy weird things that went on. So let's go ahead and get into our first one from the main card. We had Saeed Nurmagomedov got the first round submission over Marin Gafarov. Um, beautiful stuff, dude. He 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 hit him, and then Marin kind of dove in for a double leg. He Dude, poor choice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because um, Saeed subbed him very quickly after that. Moving into 185, we had Ikram Aleskarov versus Worley Alves. Uh, Worley was kicking hard to the to the body and to the legs, and then a huge flying knee. The APB special, if you will, <laughs> from Ikram, who uh, knocked him down, got on top, did a couple of uh, shots just to kind of seal the deal, and got the big TKO victory over Worley Alves in that one. Moving into our 11th fight, the aforementioned, like I said, Magomed and Kalaya versus Johnny Walker. Uh, Magomed got on Johnny's back real early, and then like the, he landed an illegal knee, and the doctor came in to check Johnny Walker, literally asked him like one question. Johnny Walker seemed fine. He seemed ready to rock and roll. I mean, at worst, give him a little time to like get his cobwebs out. But the, the doctor who sucked all night, by the way. Yeah, the doctor before this fight told the other guy that it hit him in the leg. In the balls. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, he didn't, I don't, he I mean, didn't I don't, kick you in the balls. He kicked you in the leg. Oh, yeah, really? He, he did? In the leg. Like, whatever you're feeling right now, it's not real. It's psychosomatic. So you need to get it together and get back in this fight. So bizarre. Then so, he tells Johnny Walker, no, you're you're not okay. <laughs> so he waved off the fight. Johnny Walker was confused. Magomed was confused. They almost started a fight again. Johnny pushed the referee. It was bedlam. It was chaos. It was ridiculous. I thought Johnny it was Walker going to get crazy like Connor. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, thankfully it didn't, but yeah, um, yeah, Johnny Walker really was looked like he was ready to go. And I mean, at worst, give him a little time to, to you know, get himself together, but yeah, it was just a kerfluffle the entire time. That's a that's a word, right? Kerfluffle just means all mixed up and messed up, I believe. So, anyway, don't 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 google it on me because I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so let's get into our next one. So, again, that ends in a no contest. All right, get into the next one, which was Boris Chamaya versus Kamara Usman. The first round was pure dominance. Um, Chamaya of Cosmot got got Kamaro down. He took his back. He ground and pounded. He was searching for a submission. Kamaro did absolutely nothing but defend. He got really dominated in the first round. The second round, Boris looked pretty tired to me, dude. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. he didn't want to, he didn't want to engage. Kamaro wasn't really pushing the pace either. It was kind of a meh second round. Like really not a whole lot happened. Um, in the third round, business picked up considerably. Kamara was moving forward. He was landing a beautiful jab. He had in a couple of really nice one-twos. Uh, Chemayev was not looking good in that third round. So really what it kind of boiled down to was, was the first round a 10-8? What, you know, who do you give it to in the second? Because clearly Chemayev won the first round, but did he win 10-8? And then Kamara clearly won the, the third. So really who kind of had you as the second? What was the feeling on that? It ended up being a majority decision. For Chemayev, because um, one judge had it as a draw. I, I'm leaning towards Chemayev being a 10-8 with the first round, which would have given him the win to me. Because, again, I kind of lean towards Kamaro in the second and for sure in the third. So that would have been a draw. But, again, Chemayev really got the uh, 10-8 in the first round. He got the majority decision. It wasn't the greatest fight of all time, but, you know, what are you going to do? Now, moving into the heartache. Of UFC 294. Oh, Alexander shit. Volkanovsky coming in on, you know, two weeks notice. Stepping up for a big rematch against the best 155-pounder in the world, Islam Makachev. And I'm thinking it's going to be another really close back-and-forth battle. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is, wow, like, we're all just super stoked. We're all like, invested. You know what I mean? And then pretty early on in the first round, humongous head kick from Islam. Drops Alexander Volkanovsky. Puts him down up against the cage. He jumps on him. Lands a few more shots at GMP. Finishes Alexander in the first round. Holy smokes. Not I how I saw that it. one going. <clears throat> but again, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where, to me, I, I still think Alexander comes out looking good. He's going up a weight class again, going against the champion. You know what I mean? Against an unde- uh, pretty much undefeated guy who has looked so dominant for so long. And he was the only one who gave him a challenge and he got caught with a big shot. You know what I mean? That's kind of mm-hmm. how I look at it too. Um, to me, yeah, we have a question about that a little bit later on, so I don't want to go too hard into it. But again, I still think Alexander Volkanovsky is the best 145-er ever. I think he should stay at 145. <laughs> and- for now at least. And Islam is just incredible. And I do think that um, Alexander should be given all the praise for stepping up and kind of saving the card the way they did. Kamaru Usman, too. So, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my thoughts on UFC 294. So let's go ahead and get into our just quick results from um, last night's UFC. UFC. (laughs) Invicta 54 from Boston, Massachusetts. Just real quick, the results are... Fernanda Arujo um, at 135 pounds versus Maria Jukic. And Maria got the UD in that one. At 145, Riley Martinez got the rear naked choke over Julia Dorney in the first. 115 pounds, we had Hillary Rose and Andrea Amaro. Amaro also got the rear naked choke in the first round. 125ers, D. Beagley and Christina Williams. Christina got the split decision in that one. And then finally, the one that really, like, matters was the uh, strawweight title was on the line. Danny McCormick versus Carolina Wojcik. It was a great fight. Danny got the rear naked choke in the fourth and literally put her to sleep, which was awesome. So Danny McCormick, champion, 115 pounds, Victor 54 from Boston. It was awesome. So those are our results from UFC 294 and Invicta 54. Now, 
Let's go ahead and get into a little bit of Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. Now, I know I have a little bit of a unique perspective on this because, A, I was a professional heavyweight boxer for a long time. B, I was comp- I'm the biggest Francis Ngannou fan, and I have been for years. Way before this whole wave of Francis and what happened, I've been a Francis Ngannou guy. I legitimately thought that Tyson Fury was going to annihilate Francis from pillar to post, start to finish, top to bottom. I was wrong. Everybody Tyson thought that too, though. Not just you. Everybody thought that. I'm willing to admit it, though. A lot of people are like, oh, no, I knew it all along. Like, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to admit that I was wrong. And Francis looked great. Um, Francis had a much more technical style in the ring last night than I thought he was going to. The size difference wasn't nearly as pronounced as I think a lot of people thought it was. I think Francis is much closer to like 6'5". And I think Tyson Fury is much closer to 6'8", as opposed to the 6'9 and 6'4", that they are listed, because Francis was pretty much eye-to-eye with him, was able to keep for, uh, Tyson. Tyson loves to use his size and weight and lay on people and push on them and fight um, while trying to wear you out at the exact same time. And Francis wasn't having it. He was angling out. He was pushing Tyson off. He's big enough and strong enough to do that. He was strong enough to... Um, withstand a lot of really hard shots from Tyson Fury. And Francis Ngannou got the biggest shot of the night. He landed that left hook to Tyson Fury's temple in the third round and dropped him. Tyson, you know, gamely got up and was able to fight. Again, this was a very close back-and-forth fight. I hate when people say the word robbery because, to me, it wasn't a robbery. I thought Francis won the fight. I really did. Um, But Tyson made a great case for himself. Tyson did outland him 71. He landed 71 of 223. To um to Francis landing fifty nine of two thirty one, not a huge discrepancy, but a discrepancy nonetheless. Um, Francis Ngannou did have the only knockdown of the fight, and also I thought Francis was hurting him more. I thought there was visually clear evidence that some of the times that he was hitting Tyson, Tyson was losing eye focus and being pushed backwards. And again, Francis Ngannou to me won the fight. Now they gave the split decision to Tyson Fury. Okay, did did, did we all kind of see that coming? Most likely. Are MMA people too, like, stoked that, that – no, I think it's great. I think it's great for MMA that you had somebody like Francis Ngannou who steps away from the UFC because he's not happy with the money situation, signs with the PFL on multiple fronts, and is able to professionally box. He pushed Tyson Fury, the lineal heavyweight champion, to the max and had one judge give him the win, and a lot of us thought, including myself – that he should have got, been given the nod last night. So big win for Francis Ngannou, even with the loss. I think Tyson Fury, you know, I think he's not going to be as good going in there against Alexander Usyk, which is happening just in a couple of months, I believe. And I think Usyk is going to take him now. I think I think Tyson Fury, maybe he didn't take this fight completely seriously, and maybe we'll see a whole new side of him. I don't think so. I think Usyk is going to light him up because of how good Francis looked last night. And Francis, that was his first ever professional boxing match. We got to really stress that, dude. First time ever at a pro boxing match against the best of the best as far as that way goes. And he did that. So, yeah, I'm really impressed. Super stoked. Again, I thought Francis won. He didn't. For You know, Tyson gets a split decision. But great showing for Francis. And I think a lot of people um, have now opened their eyes to what kind of, you know, fighter that Francis Ngannou really, really is. And I'm super impressed. And I am surprised stoked and all the rest awesome awesome stuff so that was our recap of tyson fury from francis versus francis and god of my side so let's get into our drop of the night now apb i don't know if you've got one or not but i gotta go with last weekend's main event because of just how severe it was from 294 islam makaja with that high kick 
over Alexander Volkanovsky. That dropped him and put an end to it and retains his title at 155. So for my drop of the night, I've got um, Islam Makachev. What about you? Yeah, that's what I picked too. I mean, props to him. That was a beautiful head kick. And, uh, you know, he's he's the real deal. He's very, very good. So congratulations, Islam Makachev. Yeah, the stakes were no higher than that. And, you know, he really came through and got the big finish. All right, so. We didn't have one this weekend, so as we're recording on Sunday, there was no UFC yesterday, I'm assuming because of all of the hoopla that surrounded the Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou fight. But we are back next week, and I say we as if I'm in the UFC. (laughs) UFC is back next week with UFC Sao Paulo. Again, I don't even know if that's the correct hashtag, but it's happening in Sao Paulo, so I'm assuming it's in Sao Paulo. It's going to be UFC Sao Paulo. So our first one is one of the amazing Bonfim brothers. I got Israel Bonfim beating from hell to shell. At 155 pounds by TKO in the second round. That's Bonfim over Pichelle, TKO2. What say you, APB? I have Bonfim with TKO in two, and I have it with a flying knee and punches. Who doesn't love a flying knee more than the, my girl APB? Nobody. <laughs> so next we got 185. I've got Armin Petrosian beating Rodolfo Vieira by unanimous decision. I think it's going to be a good fight, but I got Petrosian over Vieira. What about you? I have Vieira in round three with an arm triangle choke. Love it. Moving into well, staying at 185, I should say we've got everyone's everyone loves this guy, Kao Bahayo. This is Abus Magomedov. I've got Kao beating Abus by uh, submission in the third round with a um, arm triangle choke. Arm triangle choke, third round for Kao Bahayo. What about you? All right, I have Magomedov with a TKO. A uh, body kick and punches in round one. Nice. Moving into my boys, the heavyweights. I got Rodrigo Nascimento beating Dante Mays by first round clean KO. And I've got it from a inside elbow up against the cage. Like gnarly, gnarly inside elbow. Puts Dante Mays down and out. Rodrigo Nascimento first round KO. What about you? I have Nascimento with the rear naked choke in round two. All righty. Moving into 170, I've got Gabriel, the other half of the Bonfim brothers. Gabriel Bonfim beating longtime veteran Nicholas Dalby. I think it's going to be a really good fight as long as it goes. I got TKO in the third round for Gabriel Bonfim. And I also have a body kick for this one. So a body kick drops Nicholas Dalby, finishes with ground and pound. Gabriel Bonfim, TKO with three. What about you, APB? I have Bonfim with the Von Flu choke in round one. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, I've got Bonfim with the Von Flu. That <laughs> <laughs> just, just sounded so awesome. Okay, let's move into I hate saying it because God knows I love Derek Lewis. But I think Jailton Almeida does what Jailton <laughs> Almeida does. He's going to pick Derek Lewis up by both legs, slam him on his back, jump on top, and then just proceed to ground and pound his face for the entire first round until they stop it. I've got TKO one ground and pound from Mount for Jailton Almeida over Derek Lewis. Do I hope it goes that way? Of course not. I hope that Derek Lewis pulls another one of his incredible something and knocks him out. I just don't see it happening. So I got Jailton Almeida TKO in the first round ground and pound. What about you? Well, hot balls has some big balls to take on Jailton Almeida. Because he is scary, but I'm always going to go with Derek Lewis. So I have Derek Lewis with a clean KO in round one. He better hurry up if he's going to do it. And I would, again, I would love that. I would, so love, better. I would love that. I just, I'm just not seeing it. Jailton is a spectacular fighter. <laughs> he is. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into our Q&A. I know our first one comes from the homie, the Rage and Sweet Potato. RSP is the choice for me. And I got my man, RSP. What do you got for us this week, my dude? RSP says, in a couple of weeks, the UFC will be celebrating its 30th anniversary. What are your favorite fights? And he spells favorite the Canadian way. What are your favorite fights from <laughs> each of the three UFC eras? SEG from 93 to 2001. Zufa from 2001 to 2016 and Endeavor from 2016 to present. And comparatively, what are your favorite fights across all combat sports for each decade you've been alive? Yeah, dude. So to answer the first part from the SEG era, chemo versus Hoist, because Hoist had been just dominating pretty much everybody. And Kimo Leopoldo was the first guy that really came in, and there was bad blood, and he was landing punches on Hoyce Gracie, and he was actually giving him, you know, pushing him, right? It was the first time I've seen that. I remember that being like, oh, my God. Plus, it was it was just crazy chaotic scene. So, yeah, Kimo Leopoldo versus Hoyce Gracie from the SDG era. From Zufa, there's tons, obviously, like Chuck versus Tito, one and two. Um you know, obviously the the tough one finale between Forrest and Steph and Bonner, R.I.P. Phenomenal fights. Rory versus Robbie, too. My favorite fight of all time in the UFC, obviously on the list. From Endeavor, dude, from, you know, from 2016 to now, <clears throat> Nate versus Connor, one, is way up there. Tony versus Edson Barbosa, also. Uh, both Justin versus Dustin fights, amazing. Uh, Whaley Zhang versus Joanna Young Jacek. George versus Ben Askren is a personal favorite of mine because I loathe Ben Askren and I was so happy to see him get starched in the way that he did and all the theatrics that surrounded it. So, yeah, those are some of my favorite ones. And then, as far as like, I, I don't, I mean, I've been alive for a long time. <laughs> I'll just say some of my favorite overall fights. And I've talked about some of them before. Longtime listeners might remember. I'd say probably some of my favorite pro boxing matches from. Uh, from the 80s that I remember watching. I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to use ones that I watched after. I'm just ones that I watched live. Um, so Mike Tyson versus Frank Bruno, I remember watching live in, in high school, and that was phenomenal. I remember watching Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Marvis Marvin Hagler when I was a kid. I remember watching that live, which was amazing. Really uh, an amazing um, fight that I still think about to this day. Uh, Brandon Rios versus Mikey Alvarado is probably my favorite boxing match of all time. Incredible. Uh, back and forth, just head-on-head, nonstop swinging. And that's one that a lot of people don't know about. And again, it's it's Mikey Alvarado versus Brandon Rios 1, not 2. Because the rematch left a lot to be desired. But the first one, phenomenal. Um, so yeah, so those, those are some of my favorite boxing matches. Uh, everything with James Tony, James Tony versus Roy Jones Jr., James Tony, uh, yeah, pretty much any James Tony fight. <laughs> so watch any of those. You'll be glad you did. He's so fun and exciting. And I obviously have a personal connection to these, so I love him. But yeah, and all, also one of the most violent fights you ever saw that a lot of people may not remember. Um, so Cyborg, the original Cyborg, Cyborg Santos, the male fighter who was, was married to Chris Cyborg, but are no longer married. He has a fight with Melvin Manhoof from Rage in the Cage or Cage Rage, whatever it was called. Back in the early 2000s, look that one up. You want to talk about the personification of violence? It was that. So Cyborg Santos versus Melvin Manhoff from Cage Rain. Incredible. So there's some of my other favorite ones from over the decades. RSP, great, great question, my dude. As always, thank you so much, sir. As you always know, RSP is the choice for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe someday it'll lose its luster, APB, but that ain't today. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> Let's not. Let's go ahead and get into our homie, the Dean Dog. Dean Dog, Bionic Dean Dog. What do you got for us this week, my dude? Dean wants to know, was the Walker fight ending in a no contest the right decision? And does Volkanovski loss actually hurt his pound-for-pound pound status? And then he says, also, APB, how about that cum shark winning with a broken wrist? He didn't say cum shark. He's his real name. But I think we all know who he's talking about. And yeah, he was, I mean, that was cool. He really won with a broken wrist. But I think it slowed him down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And who knows if he, if, if he came in with a broken wrist and it happened in the first round. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's being totally forthcoming about it, but he looked great in the first round. And yeah, and if, then, if it yeah, and then he did not so much afterwards. Anything <laughs> like that, in the right? Too. He was still good, but not like the first round, right? Uh, as far as his question to me, no, definitely. I think Walker was absolutely ready to continue. And even if he wasn't, like we talked about before, give him some more time. It was an illegal. It was a foul. So give him time to recover, get the cobwebs out, get himself ready to rock and roll. I don't know if the language barrier was a problem. I think he, I think he speaks decent English but you know who knows if you just got your bell rung what I've been hit so hard APB sometimes where you like I've described it as feeling underwater and like when they're asking you questions you just kind of sound like you're like what you know what I mean and that's you know that plus the you know plus the crowd noise plus everything else going on you just got hit with a legal shot you give him some time then ask him some questions if you need bring an interpreter in I mean for fuck's sakes the guy speaks Portuguese. Bring a Portuguese interpreter in there and let him speak, you know. Um, I do think he was ready, though. Maybe slightly um, needed more time. But, yeah, I think he was ready to rock and roll. I think moving, as far as the Volkanovski question, moving up a weight class to fight arguably the best pound-for-pound 155-er ever um, on super short notice, a whole world away from where you live and train, is an incredibly big balls thing to do. I don't think it takes away from his pound for pound status at all. If anything, it should get a boost for how good of a, you know, an incredible of a situation he put himself in a a dare to be great situation, if you will. And um, yeah, he got rocked and he lost in the first round, but it it is what it is. And again, I think he's got amazing, probably the best 145 or ever. And he went in there and he just got stopped and it happens. So no, I'm not, I'm not sliding him down on the, on the pound for pound scale at all. That's just not what I'm doing. That is my answer on that one. D-Dog, thank you so much. All right. Let's get into our first one from the homie, the big homie, Jimisu. Jim, what do you got for us this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? <laughs> Rhino and the Rhino gang. Hope y'all are doing well. Do you <clears throat> think Usman should stay at middleweight or go back to welterweight? Also, how disgusting was that girl who fought with staph infection? You kids know it's always 420. Peace. So, Jim, I think at this point in his career, I would totally advise Kamara to stay at 185. He's accomplished everything there is to accomplish at 170, a multiple-time champion, multiple title defenses. I just don't think he needs to add weight cutting, you know what I mean, at this stage of his career to really perform well. He had a great fight against a top-tier 185-pounder. Um, I would like Kamara to stay at 185, have three or four more, and then – you know, retire. That, that's, you know, if his knees can hold up, that's what I would do if I was tomorrow or if I was advising him. Now, as far as the disgusting staff situation, we're going to turn the mic over to my girl, APB, who's going to give us the scientific angle on this topic. APB, please take it away. 
Well, I'm about to nerd out on you. I hope you're ready. Ready. We're going to use some big words, but we're right. gonna, I'm going to tell you what all of them mean. So that girl was totally disgusting fighting with the staff. She probably doesn't know how disgusting she was. And no doubt, they I, like from what we gather, she has a boil on her butt or somewhere in there that exploded with staff and blood. So that could have spread all over the mat. And she wasn't the only fighter who had staff. Someone else did. So they could have given anyone staff in there, the fighters, the people who come in the ring. You know, sometimes there's kids that come in there, too. So why is staff so dangerous? Well, it is dangerous because it grows really fast and it's everywhere. So the reason why so many fighters get staff is because staff can be part of the normal microbiota of your skin. Have you ever heard that word, Rhino? Microbiota? No, I've heard of microbiotics, but not microbiota. Have you heard of normal flora? Yes, normal flora and fauna. Okay, so they refer to it sometimes as normal flora, but that's a misnomer because flora usually refers to flowers. So the proper term is microbiota. So this means bacteria that's on your skin just normally. It's not causing you any harm, and it can sometimes help you. It can keep other infections away. So, but sometimes um, that can get into your skin. Like if you get a cut or something like that, it can get in and it can start to cause damage. So the two main kinds of staph that are on your skin are staph epidermis and staph aureus. And staph aureus is the one that is more dangerous. And that is the one that can also be uh, MRSA or MRSA. I'm sure you've heard of that term, yes. right? That's the super dangerous one. And that stands for methicillin-resistant staphylococcus aureus. So methicillin is a type of antibiotic, a type of penicillin that it's resistant to. So the normal antibiotics that you would treat it with, it's now resistant to, so it's harder to treat. And what makes um, any staph, especially this kind of staph, so dangerous is that it can induce hemolysis. It can produce toxins that cause hemolysis. Have you ever heard of that term before? No, I've never heard of hemolysis. Hemolysis. Okay, so hemolysis is the breakdown of red blood cells. I'm sure you've heard of red blood cells. It's, you know, what makes (laughs) your blood red. And so the heme in hemolysis refers to the iron-containing part of the blood. And lysis means to cut. So it literally cuts open your red cells and all of the contents of your red cells spill out. And then your red cells can't do their job. And their job is to carry iron and oxygen and other nutrients to your tissues all around your body. So if this staff, you know, cuts open your red cells and they can't carry what they're supposed to to your tissues, then what happens if your tissues can't get oxygen? Just take a wild guess. They die. They die. Exactly. So whenever those tissues die... Uh, this is what they call tissue necrosis. And this is where you get the term like flesh eating. So the bacteria is attacking your red cells that are trying to repair the damage, but it can't. So they die. And then you get, you know, where you get the holes in your skin. And did you hear about that Australian fighter, Tim Schultz, who almost lost his leg because the staff like ate into his leg? I didn't hear about that one, but a lot of us have seen the uh, Kevin Randleman picture where like he has a giant hole underneath his armpit 
And like, yeah. I think we've seen some other terrible pictures from staff where that, that's happened. Um, yeah, that is because of the hemolysis and the tissue necrosis that the hemolysis induces. That is how that happens. And it, it grows really fast. And if you don't get it treated with the right thing, th- those things can happen and it can spread before you even know it. And you can lose your limbs. You can It can get into your blood. You can become septic and you can die that way. So, um, so the staph epidermis that's on your skin, it induces alpha hemolysis, which is a partial hemolysis. Have you ever seen like Petri dishes that they use in the lab? Sure. And they have, well, one of the main ones they use is made of 5% sheep's blood. So the staph epidermis, whenever it gets on the sheep's blood, it causes partial hemolysis, which will make a green hue. So it doesn't eat completely through the red cells. So it can cause some damage, but not that bad. Whereas the Staph aureus, the bad one, it uh, undergoes beta hemolysis, which is complete hemolysis. So whenever you put it on a Petri dish, it will eat all of the blood and it'll turn clear. So um, about 30% of people walk around with Staph aureus in their nose as part of their normal microbiota. So it's not a question of if the staff's there, like in gyms and stuff, it's there. And the way that it spreads is if you're carrying something in your nose and someone punches you in the face, then those germs start to spread. Like some blood lands on the floor that has staff on it and we're like rolling around in there and I get cut open and the staff gets in there and causes all the damage. So the best way to prevent staff in gyms is to take regular showers because even if staff is on your skin, you can wash it off because it can be in other places besides your nose. It can be like in your armpits or your groin or, you know, all the usual suspect places that bacteria might be. But so you need to shower regularly. You need to wash your gym clothes, wash out your gym bag, don't share towels with anybody. And gyms need to do a better job of cleaning the gym. Because I would assume that they probably don't do as good a job as they should to clean up the staff. So, um, does that, does that, do you understand staff a little better now? I certainly do. And I want to thank you for bringing your scientific expertise and knowledge on the matter to the masses and listeners of CSWR. That was awesome. See, that's what you get. When you get in this show, you get APB spitting her game and her knowledge about these scientific and medical procedures and situations. And you know, it's funny too. I didn't know you were going to ask me if I've ever heard of these things about like six or seven things. So you're not allowed to make me feel bad for asking you questions. Well, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, but you ask me our questions all the time. So <laughs> I, I grant you that that's happened before. But I'm just saying you're not allowed to give me any shit anymore because that put me on the spot. And I do remember necrotic. Because I know that like when um when you have dead skin, it's necrotic skin. Yes. So you gotta you gotta cut that off to let the good skin grow. And, and so there's a lot of things that were sounded similar to things that I know, right? Yeah. But I'm definitely on nowhere near on your level of awesomeness and expertise on this one. So Jim Asun, we all got a science lesson due to your amazing question, and we appreciate that. Knowledge is power, right? APB. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was waiting for like a resounding yes, but was like, yes. <laughs> Reserved, a reserved APB, yes. <laughs> All right, so we have another one from Jim Asun next, which is not more, it's more of a statement than a question, but when Jim Asun writes anything in, we're putting it on the air, God bless it. So Jim Asun, what do you got for us next, my guy? Wow, what a performance from Francis. <laughs> I think he won that fight. Is Tyson going to duck Usyk again? 
<clears throat> I don't think so. I mean, they're pretty, they're really, they're tied into this. Everything's signed, sealed, and delivered. Tyson, for all of our complaining, whining, and moaning, he did technically win the fight. I don't think he took a ton of damage. I mean, obviously that big left hook rocked him, but like his face wasn't all chopped up. Um, I think he'll be fine in a couple of weeks. And I think I think they're fighting in December. I could totally be wrong. I probably should have looked that up prior to, but I think he and Usyk are supposed to fight in December. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be fine. And I, again, based on what we saw last night, unless Tyson completely rededicates himself, I think Usyk's got a great chance of winning this fight. I really, really do. So no, I do think they are in fact going to fight. And I think that Usyk's got a pretty good chance of winning. So that's kind of where I'm at on that one. So thank you very much, Jim. All right, APB. Since we have no more questions we're going to have for this show, let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with CES light heavyweight and amazing finisher in his last fight with a beautiful neck crank, Justin the Fort Sumter. After a quick word from our sponsor, KR Designs. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ah, oh, Fight Fam, got ourselves another fantastic guest going 10 rounds around this week. CES light heavyweight Justin the Fort Sumter Justin thank you so much for joining us today sir thank you for having me dude we are super stoked to have you on especially coming off that super awesome neck crank victory that you just had we'll get to that a little bit later on so basically dude round one with Rhino is always the same I love to get the origin story from the fighters how did you first get involved in this crazy wacky world of MMA my dude um, what started in high school, I was, um, a wrestler in high school and I, um, didn't wrestle my senior year because, uh, my mom wanted me to work. But, um, when I went to college, I picked up, uh, jujitsu. I was doing that for probably about a couple months. And then someone asked, Hey, do you want to fight? And I was like, um, sure. Why not? And I took a fight off, uh, two weeks notice and, um, beat the guy in a, a minute. 30 seconds, I believe, and I was hooked ever since. So that's where it came from, dude. Just high school wrestling and jiu-jitsu, and then, hey, let's have a fight. You bet. Two weeks later, and then you were hooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, um, you know, I, I love the competition. I love uh, challenging myself, and, you know, this was uh, another challenge to take on, and, you know, it's it's been history since. 
Absolutely, my dude. Now, the aforementioned neck crank submission victory didn't just come over somebody, you know, fresh off the regional scene. We're talking about over Eric Spicely, UFC veteran at C at CES 75, which was just on October 20th, so like a week ago. Yeah. Um, do you have any idea? I mean, by looking at you when we first came on, you don't seem to be taking too much damage. Do you have any idea when you'd like to get back into the cage or do you know which promotion or is it all kind of up in the air right now? It's all up in the air, you know what I mean? Um, I'm I'm fully open to, you know, getting any call of wanting, wanting me to fight on the show, you know. Didn't really take too much damage. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm still ready and primed to, to go back in there. So whatever, whoever's open, whoever needs somebody at 205, uh, uh, give me a shout. Absolutely, my dude. Now, 14 amateur fights, now 14 pro fights. So if my math maths, that's 28 fights on your resume, you're only 33 years old. I mean, we all improve from the beginning, to, you know, towards the latter part of our career. It's just inevitable, all the training and all the progression. But what would you say is the biggest improvement point from when you were a very early amateur to where you're at right now as a very seasoned professional? Um, I think just my, my knowledge about my body, um, you know, uh, I was originally fighting at 185 pounds and I could make it no problem, but that took like seven weeks of dieting and I really had to focus on it. And, um, this fight, um, it was at 205 and I gotta say, man, I, I felt wonderful. I felt high energy, calm, collective. My, my, um, cardio felt phenomenal in the cage. It really didn't, you know, feel, feel winded at all. Um, training camp strength and all my PRs are kind of maxed, maxed out. So just my, my knowledge of my body and, and, you know, the understanding. And, you know, I think I, there's a new tool fiber on the, on the, on the prowl now. Hell yeah, dude. And, you know, you honestly, you looked great, um, just physically, but you know, it, it looked like you had a whole nother level of energy from your last fight. Not to say that you were sluggish last time, but it just seemed like you literally leveled up like a whole nother gear as far as your ability to explode. And uh, just the way you bounced around, you, just, you definitely, I could totally see as someone from the outside watching in that difference in, in energy. So I love that for you, my dude. Now, you have one of the more unique nicknames in all of MMA, the Fort Sumter. Now, for the little history lesson from my Rhino gang, always <laughs> Fort Sumter in South Carolina is kind of what they, is kind of really widely considered the beginning of the Civil War um, when the Fort Sumter was attacked. Uh, and so how did you pick up that nickname? Who gave it to you? Kind of what's the story behind that, my dude? Well, uh, originally, um, as an amateur, I was the machine. Um, I kind of coined that name myself. Um, but um, all my friends and, and um, people that I train with, they're like, man, you really need to be the four. And I was like, ah, man, that's kind of corny, you know, whatnot. And then, you know, as you, you kind of progress and you grow, you kind of realize that, it's more more of the how catchy it is and how, yeah. how it rings in people's heads that really drives the mark and and you know i was sitting in my room i was like man the fort sumter i was like ah yeah that does kind of have a ring and then, you know, my <laughs> first, first pro fight i was like hey man my, my name's not the machine it's it's the fort and um you know ever since then it's been sticking and everyone likes it so uh you know decided to keep it it's very cool and it's super unique, which again, in a world with that, and I've talked about this on the show before, in a world where there are 10,000 pit bulls, there are <laughs> 10,000 Spartans, there are 10,000 gladiators, and a whole bunch of other names which are overly used. There's only one Fort Sumter, and that's super awesome. I love that for you, dude. Yeah. So you, you've got a ton of wins by submissions, Justin. I mean, uh, I can't even 
go over how many different kinds you've done, but is there one that sticks out as a favorite that you, I mean, whether it was bad blood with the opponent or just how, how cool it felt to pull off the, the technique. Is there one that really sticks out for you? Uh, not, not, you know, not, not really, you know, I, I, I kind of, um, my go-to is the rear naked choke just because of a, a, a positional wise, you know I mean? That's, that's kind of a, the, the dominance you have someone's back and, and they're, they're face down or, or you have complete control of them. But, um, you know, I, I really like the, 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 the walk-off knockouts, you know I mean? That's what I really like, but it, it seems to be, you know, once, you know, I, I touch somebody, they have to re-engage and they have to get close to me and then you know that kind of drives the boat of okay well I guess I gotta submit them now if I if I can't strike with them so um and you know me being long and lanky that's that's kind of what people hey I gotta get inside so um it kind of gives me the opportunity to just submit them but um I would say my go-to would be the, the rear naked choke absolutely my guy so like we're all fans of fighting before we start fighting or at least the vast majority of us and even into our careers, we watch other fighters who are our peers to kind of, anyway, we find out who we, we enjoy watching. Who on the scene right now do you really like to watch fight? Doesn't matter what promotion, but like who in just the world of MMA are you a fan of right now? Um, a big fan of, of Okanoski, you know, shout out to, man, uh, that last fight was, was a kind of a sore one. But, you know, I mean, he, he's always a gamer. Um, uh, Mighty, uh, Mighty Mouse uh, always. Hell yeah, super- dude. <laughs> and, and uh, like super enjoy his his just abilities and how he like he I think he's like a, 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 a artist in there you know the way he puts things together it's kind of ph- phenomenal um, always a, a Izzy fan I like how he he addresses the the fight game and and I'm really anxious to see how he comes back and how he progresses from already being good to you know being better than he was um, yeah those are just a couple to, to name a few. Absolutely, my guy. Like I said, DJ will always be on my top five list, not just because of how great he is, you know, in one aspect, but in every aspect of MMA, which is why he's just so highly regarded and revered. Absolutely. So here's a fun one that, um, you know, I ask fighters and honestly, Justin, people either know right away what they're going to say or they really struggle or sometimes don't even give an answer. So we'll see. We'll see which camp you fall into. If you were not a fighter, if fighting was not a possibility and as a way to make money, what kind of career do you think you'd have? Like what field do you think you'd be in? Well, um, it, it, it's kind of strange, uh, my circumstance. So as, as well as being a fighter, I'm also a, um, project manager for a construction firm. So I'd have a full-time job as well. Um, wow. yeah, yeah. So I, I got a, a bachelor's in science and civil engineering technology when I went to college at Georgia Southern university. And, um, ever since, um, with fighting, um, I have been going along with my my uh, professional career as well because I, I know um, you know this is a limited um, limited uh, window. Career. Yeah, yeah. Your body, your body can only take so much damage. You're, you you can run so many miles, and then your your body will actually you know give out. So I really wanted to be ahead of that and be have a foundation because also I have a family and whatnot um financially and so that's why i decided to hey if i'm going if i'm going to fight i gotta get this degree and and that was my mindset in college and you know i've been going with that ever since as well very cool you went to georgia southern a buddy of mine i know i'm from here in detroit Uh, Mm a buddy of mine went way down went to georgia southern 
um, for college. And I, is it West? West? Where is it? It's just, it's Statesboro. Statesboro. That's a, I was thinking Westboro. Yeah, Statesboro. Um, and it, is it the Bulldogs? It's the the Eagles. See, I'm way off, but I do remember <laughs> the. But, I but do Georgia, remember the. <laughs> it's I do. understandable because Georgia, the University of Georgia, is a bulldog. So I. That's got to be it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be it. But yeah, dude, very cool. Um, now we all have to have balance. Justin, we have to have fine. We have to find time away from the cage, away from training. What are some things you like to do on your downtime? Just relax, chill out, and put the fight world out of your mind for a while. Um, I'm an avid DIYer. I'm. A, we bought a. In, at the beginning of COVID, we bought a new house, and so I'm in the process of um, doing renovations myself. Uh, I renovated my kitchen, put new countertops, changed up the cabinets, renovated my laundry room, and I'm in the process of doing my. Um, redoing my whole basement so i'm an avid diy i like getting getting dirty um i like building things making things and and as well as being in my, in my garden dude you are a good guy to have around holy smokes <laughs> <laughs> not only could you kick some ass if need be but like if the toilet breaks or if uh if something's going on with the drywall it looks like you're the right man to talk to yeah yeah well, that's you know you're making me feel like a little bit less than a man over here because I don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> but all right, but we, but we digress. So, dude, this is one of the most fun ones. It was probably one of my favorite questions of all the uh, Ted Rounds of Rhino, and that's food. I mean, you know, we can't we got to eat clean before a fight. You know what I mean? We got to you know take away some of the things that we love the most to indulge in. But if you put your mindset of after the fight, after you've already got the victory, you can go out and have whatever you want from wherever you want. What are you getting, and where are you getting it from, my friend? Um, a nice Wagyu burger. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an avid burger fan. So, you know, like put a brisket on it, put, put mushrooms, fried onions or whatever. As long as you, know, you get a nice patty with a nice juice in it. Um, that's, that's all me and some, some nice, uh, truffle parm French fries. Um, Ooh. That, that's, that's one of my go-tos. My wife gets mad at me cause she asked me, um, Hey, what do you want for dinner? And then I and then I'm in the process of saying it. She's just like, "Oh, you want burgers?" And I was like, "Well, you knew already. Then why did you ask me?" Yeah, right. Yeah, that's amazing. Again, I, burgers are in my top two. Burgers and ribs are probably my two most favorite oh, yeah, things yeah, yeah. in the I'm, entire I'm, world. I'm an avid, avid brisket. So I, I love. I, I'm in the process of. I'm gonna get my myself a, a smoker. Yeah. So that's gonna be one of my my next hobbies is is smoking meat. So I'm gonna. Uh, get a nice smoked brisket because I eat it so much. I'm like, well, I might as well learn to make it myself. So, sure. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So we have careened our way to the 10th round, Justin, which is just the easiest round of them all. Just share your social medias with us, dude. So my friends, my fans, my family, we can all follow you along. We can all follow the Fort Sumner on social media. So just share your social medias with us, dude. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fort Sumter MMA. Uh, on Facebook, you can look up Justin the Fort Sumter. Um, also look me up on LinkedIn if you're, you're in searching of, of a uh, project manager as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are my, 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 um, socials. Absolutely. Well, Justin, what a great victory for you. Uh, just last week on October 20th at CES 75, that beautiful net crank victory over Eric Spicely. We are super stoked to see what happens next. And again, I really do think you are more 
than ready for the call from PFL, Bellator, the UFC, 1FC, any one of the major promotions. You've got that kind of talent. You've got that kind of resume. And right now at 205, you haven't looked better, dude. So we are super stoked that we got you on now because we think the next level is happening right around the corner for you, dude. And we want to wish you best of luck and best of skill next time out there, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This is Justin the Fort Sumter, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. All right. Thank you so much, Justin. That was an awesome interview, dude. And again, it's, it's really cool to hear somebody who has such a uh, diverse portfolio of things they're able to do, not just a fighter, but, you know, all of the cool construction things that you're up to, all the DIY stuff. And then now being a new, um, getting that smoker together, becoming a new meats meat smith, if you will. <laughs> so, very, very cool. We really appreciate you having, having you on, my dude. So, we want to give a shout-out to the Outro Tour forum contributors, to the Rage of Sweet Potato, to Dean Dog, to Jim Assoon times two. Of course, to APB, the co-host with the most, and our science expert. You're not going to get that at APB. You're not going to get that at any other MMA or combat sports show. You're just not. Mm, the expertise... Not. An expertise of my girl APB. Everybody else can just bow down to that. We all <laughs> learned a, we all learned a thing or two from our queen of science supreme over there. So thank you very much for that APB to Miss Fight Diva, Brat, Filthy Casual, Tom and Sandy, Jason, Jillian and Chrissy, my underdog MMA peeps, to Sammy, Tyson, Hunter, Kairos, Chasanga, Steffi, Gina, and Shannon from the PRG, Ashley, the MMA mom, which I just I just did that on the, on the fly right there uh, for, for for all of her awesome support over the years, to Pamela, to my Rhino Gang GC, who I love big, big bunches, to Drea, to D. Reigns, the best engineer in the biz, to uh, Jay, at JMMA4 on Twitter, and at JMMA on YouTube for his video game content. Great stuff. Another banger poster this week of Justin. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Jay. I also want to give a quick shout-out to my girl, Johnny. Johnny C. She knows who she is. She knows what she did for me last night. And I just want to put it on the air how much I appreciate and love you. Johnny, you are the best. All right. Oh, fam, we talked about a little bit last week. Not last week, but the week before. We're, we're, we're in a, another crazy part of our world right now. It's more important ever to say and to remind people, peace over war, love over hate. Give your neighbor, your friend a, a call. Reconnect with somebody from your family. And again, the, the world is such a crazy and, and tumultuous place right now. Try to find stability. Try to find the love in the world. Because as we always love to say around here, love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Kate Sucks!